Welcome to The Freelance Economy, the weekly video podcast that's all about freelancing and small business growth. Hosted by Kim Merritt, the URL doctor. This episode is brought to you by the Freelance Economy online course that teaches you to jumpstart your freelancing activities on Upwork in just seven days at jointhefreelanceeconomy.com and theurldoctor.com with prescriptions for online success for freelancers and small business. Now, let's join the freelance economy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the freelance economy. I am Kim Merritt, the URL doctor, and our episode today, what you don't know. Oh, shit. Let me start that again. (laughs) Well, you know what? Yesterday, I said the wrong name. I recorded one two days ago, and I used my married name, which I haven't used in like a decade. And I was like, where the hell did that come from? Oh, my God. Nice. Okay. Let's try that again. Okay, that's fine. That's a fun behind the scenes thing, especially with you going, oh, shit, that makes me laugh. You should like edit that out and make it into like a little boomerang thing for um, Instagram. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Freelance Economy. I am Kim Merritt, the URL doctor, and welcome to today's episode, When You Don't Know What to Expect Next. How many of us are dealing with that right now in these very, very strange times? So that's what we're going to talk about today, and I have my good, good friend, Kim Sherman Labram from the SBDC in Boise, Idaho. Kim has been with the SBDC for 22 years. I'm so glad to have you here today, Kim. And I want you to tell your story through the SBDC and how you started and what you've done over that 22 years. Well, first I just have to say, you know, I started when I was eight. So, you know. (laughs) We all did. Right, right. No, okay. No, that's your story. You started when you were eight. I did not. But um, yes, if you believe I started when I was eight, then I have a I have a really good bridge to sell you. So um, no, I I literally started at the Idaho SBDC in 1998. And I became the regional administrative assistant. And I was going to school as well to become a graphic designer. And I eventually took over the training program and I took the training program, which at the time was in a deficit by about $20,000. It had, um, you know, a lot of things It had goals and stuff. And I had to jump in and with no training and no resources, learn how to market a training program. So I also at the same time was working with a community theater. And as you know, arts organizations tend not to have big budgets or any budget for marketing. And so I learned um, how to market. And the first thing I learned was email marketing. And then all of a sudden, this really cool thing called the internet really started to hit in social media. And um, I really love technology. And it's kind of my place where I love to be. And I started learning social media and recognizing it, what a great tool it is to communicate with people. And so I used it to communicate with our theater audience and also with businesses. And so I went along for years and years and years. And then um, about eight years ago, I was recognized and said, hey, 
we need somebody in our organization that can help our entrepreneurs and our small businesses with social media and online stuff. And at the time I had gotten my degree, but uh, we were in a recession. And so there were no jobs to be had. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll take it. And so I became a, uh, I was still the administrative assistant. I was still the training person and I was also consulting uh, with clients as well. So eventually um, I left the, uh, the, uh, administrative assistant stuff behind and was just the two jobs and then I'm happy to say literally within the past month I have left the training behind and now I'm a full-time consultant and all I do is focus thank you uh, focus on helping small businesses be more successful online and through social media through better websites through whatever it is that's online or digital um, I've helped people with you know fundraising campaigns you know crowdsourcing all of those things uh, social media it just whatever it is online I get asked and I'm it I love love learning new things and technology excites me so um, that's that's my story and that's what I do well and that's a great segue into what we're talking about today because I, I, things are just crazy and they're crazy for business. I mean they're crazy for us personally but they're crazy for business so I mean what are you seeing and the because you're dealing with businesses all the time. I mean, I consult with with businesses too. You're seeing more of them than than what I am as far as coming from all the different angles. But what are you seeing with your small business clients and your freelancers? What problems are they having? And you know, what what are you helping them with right now? So, just to I have to tell you um, the scope and breadth. So, in a any given year, our entire network in Idaho sees about 1,600 clients throughout our six offices. Um, we saw that in three months with wow when COVID hit. So we've wow. been kind of busy. It's kind of it's slowed down a little bit right now, um, which is is nice because we've been able to take a breather. So, um, but we've been on the front lines fighting for our small businesses. And so of course, you know, how do they, how do they keep their business in, in, in business, right? When there's a shutdown, when people can't come in, um, when there's issues about, uh, contamination. I mean, so all of these things were, uh, uh, issues. So at first, um, a lot of my colleagues got a lot of questions about the CARES Act and that kind of funding, the PPP and all of that, which was, is, you know, so was such a blessing for a lot of businesses. Um, what I was personally seeing because of my subject matter um, expertise was um, people who are like, you know, you always have those clients that are like, yeah, 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 I'd like to have an online store, but oh, my foot traffic's great. I don't really need it, right? And and we don't, you know, we always kind of ignore the things that aren't a priority, which is great. You know, we're, it's human. That's That's what happens. Well, suddenly having that online presence was a priority. So I became very, very popular. And I became not only with new clients, but with, um, returning clients who we'd had these conversations and they knew that they needed to do it, but they just hadn't had time because they were too busy working in their business. And so um, they're like, hey, remember when you told me these things I needed to do? Can you can you run through that again for me? And so um, we would have these conversations again. And, um, and so for me, it was really funny because um, I just 
yes, I got more new clients, but I was seeing a lot of my um, existing clients, just I hadn't seen them in a while. So, so yeah, so it's all the things that I've always been saying. I think that everybody should have some kind of online presence. Why? Because it is a trust factor. And by the way, that is a big thing that I really want to talk about today is trust. So right now, we're all in upheaval we just don't know there's 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 the, all this stuff and like one day we're told this and the next day we're told that and we just don't know what to believe and 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 it's just it's chaos right and so it's really hard to know who and what to trust and it's especially hard when you're in small business when you know you have customers who are like well we did trust you but now we don't know to trust you. So you have to establish trust. And one of the ways to do that is having a good online presence. Um, and it doesn't have to be expansive, but it has to be up to date and you have to be able to communicate. Cause uh, I don't know about you, Kim, but like my clients, I'm like, you need to update things like, Oh, your hours and let people know that you got, you know, you've got, uh, you've suspended hours or that you're actually open, but you close at 6 PM instead of 10, um, or that you're open for takeout or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. But you know, when people go online and they start looking, they don't, and they find errors then that trust starts to decrease. Well, and not only does it destroy the trust of your audience, your human audience, but it also destroys the trust of Google and the Google search engine. You wanna make sure that all your different listings on your website, Google My Business, make sure, particularly all those local businesses out there, I mean, everybody should, but even more important for the local businesses, make sure your Google My Business listing is claimed, that it's up to date, that you've added the pictures, that your time is right, that your menu's in there, all of that. And make sure that anywhere else that your business is listed online, that the, the NAP, the name, the address, the phone number, that it matches, that it's the same. It doesn't seem like it would be important, but it is so super, super important for all your search engine optimization, your local search to make sure that you're getting shown at the top, regardless of what kind of a business you are. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, Google My Business, which is now part of the Grow With Google uh, program, um, of which I am a certified partner. And um, I believe I'm a silver or gold partner this year. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, <laughs> that just means I've done a lot of uh, trainings with them. And so, which is great. Uh, it's a really great resource, but they have put out a lot of tools in that Google My Business listing that are COVID related. So they have updates that you can talk about. Um, just things that you're doing, like you're requiring masks or, you know, you're doing heightened cleaning or those kinds of things, right? They also have, um, especially different hours and stuff that might be COVID related. So they've added features to that just specifically to deal with COVID for you to be able to communicate with your audience, which I think is so important right now. Cause I can't tell you me personally, you know, I'm like, uh, get online. I'd really like to do this, but are they open? And, you know, the only way you know that they're open if their stuff online is um, not up to date is to drive by. And that's just not a great way to run business. I don't want to drive by and like look and see if they've got the lights on, right? So keeping that online. And I, I know um, the great thing about Google My Business and, you know, there's other things too, but I love this particular tool is 
it is so fast. It, they've got a, I know this isn't an ad for Google My Business, but I'm just saying, um, you can use it on your phone. So if you have a website, like a WordPress website, updating your WordPress website is a little harder on the go. I mean, they do have a mobile app, and you, but it's not as great it's as, it's a little, yeah. little tougher. And it doesn't matter what um, website platform you're using, they're all a little tough to do on a mobile phone. However, the Google My Business is literally instantaneous. I can do it like when I'm sitting in the line at the bank or whatever, and it can do, it's so fast. So that's why I encourage people to use that tool. And if you're not using it, jump on and do it right away. So, so yeah. How, how does a business at this point in time find the change that's going to work? Oh, Where are well, you leading your businesses? Where are you suggesting? What avenues do they? So it doesn't always have to be digital. And, you know, even though that seems to be the way we're going, I want people to know that it doesn't have to be digital. If, it, if that intimidates you or if that's not your thing, okay, cool, that's fine. However, you have to find out what your customers want. Um, you have to know what your value proposition and, you know, for those of us who have been in the business, you know, you're like, I know what my value proposition is. I give this to these people. That's my value proposition. Well, unfortunately, I can't give this to these people anymore. They don't want it. And so we need to figure out what they need. So we've watched... Um, our restaurants pivoted immediately and went to curbside pickup and um, delivery, right? Um, other things like uh, local bookstores, uh, they did uh, delivery within a certain area where they would come and drop things off, contactless delivery. Right. And also they have curbside pickup, which I thought was so brilliant. Um, you know, and it wasn't just, uh, you know, we have a store. Some people put a store in, so I thought that was really clever. Um, a local coffee shop that we have here took their mobile, they have a, a mobile van, and um, they just basically set it up in the parking lot in front of their business and made a drive through that they didn't have before because it was in you know they're a standard coffee shop so and i just I, so getting back to what what you're asking is what do they want how can we serve what their needs are right and so at the beginning it was okay how do we get kind of these basics these staples and stuff and now we're six months in right and it's like okay we all kind of want to go back to normal but we don't get to go back to normal right now it's just not going to happen but there's still some things that are happening and i'm really watching um, the entertainment world because our our entertainers are so hit hard you know our our live music our theaters all of these things they've got nothing they've got no way to make money and they did not get any support from the cares act really most of them um and so you know they're withering on the vine and so i'm really watching and looking at how they're <clears throat> pivoting and i saw something online <clears throat> pardon me um that a haunted house it's that time it's october right and you know, you can't go wander through with a normal haunted house. There's no social distancing. I mean, yes, there would be masks for a few people, but I saw this one that's in LA that is doing a drive-through um, experience. And so you drive through and they basically have all of the actors um, doing things in front of the car. And it was, it was suitably scary just on watching it on TV. I was very impressed with, I'm like, now that's thinking. They're like, okay, how can I do this? So they made it a drive-through. I know that there's some theaters that are doing um, drive, drive-through theater. Um, they're performing at, um, oh, uh, parking garages and everybody kind of 
parks and does things, right? Um, or they are like, okay, we're going to do a driveway performance. And the artists come, they come out of their car, they perform in the driveway for the people sitting in their yard, and then they leave. And then the next car comes. And so it's kind of this rotating. So I really love that this innovation. And so I think what our small businesses need to do is say, how can I deliver my value proposition to them in a way that they want? Because it's not just that um, people don't want what you're doing or it's just personally for me, um, the risk factor of going and sitting in an enclosed theater to watch a theater performance is far too high. So that that's for me. So even though I want to go watch theater, I'm not going to. So, but if they were to deliver it at my driveway, that would be super cool. I would totally do that. I would love to go to a haunted house, but I'm not going to put myself at risk because of that. But I would go drive through one because, so those are the kinds of things like how can I innovate and keep that trust level um, available for my clients, um, my customers. So, so yeah, so that's what I think is you just need to um, look at how can I adjust this and do they, do they want and need it? So, and how do you find out? Will you ask them, you know, um, communication is so key. And I think that that's one of the things that, um, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm more in communication now than I was prior to COVID, even though I'm not seeing people in person, but like I spend so much time talking to people and like I'm, I'm texting with friends and doing little videos here and there. And, and, you know, and we're actually, I have a drive up, drive up theater set up in my yard so that we can watch movies in my front yard while uh, with friends. So we can all sit distantly and stuff. So that's only going to last until the weather turns, but um, which is, probably in a week, but you know, it is what it is. So, so what do you do? Um, think about, and I always go into the psyche of where we're at, right? So when it was at first, when we were doing this, everybody was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm cooking, I'm nesting, right? Everybody made bread and they did things because they were nesting, right? And now they're like, okay, well, they're probably not doing as much of that. They're looking for things to keep them entertained. And um, I was actually talking to one of my clients and said, people are looking for challenges and also things that are going to keep their children entertained because regardless we're doing in-person school we're doing hybrid school we're doing um, online school and all the the permutations of that but we still have a lot more time with the kids and the parents are trying to work at the same time and the kids can't go and do the things that they used to do right with their friends and so they're bored and they don't understand and so really looking at what can we do to keep kids entertained and keep them focused and stuff is really great. So challenges, um, you know, what is it that physical fitness challenges I think are really great at this time because, you know, get people out, get them walking, um, you know, doing whatever it is. So think about that. Like what's the headspace of your people? And if they're like, my kids are making me crazy. I need something to keep them entertained. It's like, Oh, I have an idea for that. So those are the kinds of things that we need. So, well, a lot of it is just really looking at your surroundings mm -hmm. in a whole, I mean, so many things that we just took for granted and never really bothered to pay attention to. Whereas now we really need to look at what's around us, what's around our customers and our client base and see just what you're talking about. Really actually see what it is that they need and communicate with them and find out. Mm -hmm. So where, um, how, how can the SBDC 
help our small business and our freelancers figure this out? I'm so glad you asked. So we um, offer free confidential one-on-one -on -one consulting. So we can sit down with you and actually start to um, go through your specific problems. We can look at your value proposition as it was pre-COVID and what it needs to be post-COVID or in the middle of COVID, whatever we, we are, we're calling it. We're not post-COVID. I guess that's, that's not right. But, um, <clears throat> and, you know, sit, you, sit down and say, okay, here are some options. Because we've got um, these people who have been dealing with other small businesses and hearing their input. We also, they have years and years of background in this. And so we really need to um, allow for the customers to come in, the clients to come in and talk to us and we'll sit down and we, it's, it's customized to your needs and wants. So we just, uh, that's what we do and we do it all the time. And so all you have to do is call and make an appointment. So that's really great. Well, and just to, to put the information out there, because as we joked on a, an earlier podcast, the SBDC tends to sometimes be America's best kept business secret. A lot of people don't know what small business development centers are. There are over 900, I believe. Actually, I well, think there's actually over 1,100 of them. 1,100. Okay, over 1,100 SBDC offices around the United States. A lot of times they are connected to a university or a college or a community college. Sometimes they're connected to an economic development office. But I can pretty much guarantee wherever you are, within a not too large driving distance from, I mean, we're not driving now, we, you know, but there is an SBDC office near you. Just get online, search SBDC, and of course, all I'm assuming now all of your consulting is being done virtually over Zoom and the phone? By and large. I mean, I know there's some offices that are doing some. Um, like with us, we're doing, I would say, 99% um, uh, virtual, but there is a, a certain small percentage where if we can do the social distancing, we have the masks on and, you know, heightened cleaning and stuff on a very, very limited basis. And I know some of our offices are doing that. Um, it really, I think it depends. I know um, one of our sister offices in Oregon, um, they're going to um, the clients and going into their places of business. So um, they have a very small um, outbreak right at the moment, or, you know, they have a lower contagion right at the moment. So I think that that's, you just have to decide what uh, the risk factor is, but right. I would just assume that it's probably all going to be virtual um, uh, instead of going into a space. So, um, but yeah. And the SBDC and their consulting services are free. There is no charge, regardless of whether you go for one appointment or you're, you, you deal with a consultant over years, which I, I, I have been in and out of SBDC offices and consulting with different companies that I've owned since way, way back, Kim's Chocolate Days, my very first company when I was 17, 18 years old and was a client of the SBDC literally about the time that they got started. And it's just a wonderful service. There's all kinds of training and other programs that you have, but um, you know, free services and free consulting. Um, so Kim, how about, are there any are there any safety net practices that we can kind of be thinking of or put into place? Because we don't know how long this is still going to last. Is there, are there things that we should be doing in our day-to-day -day business now to just kind of help us over, the, over a longer term deal with some of these things? 
So the safety net practices, it's interesting because it's the same practices that you should have been doing prior. COVID, right? So um, some of you are going to go, I've heard this before. Yes, you have. This is, there's, this is not a big secret, but you need to go through and make sure that you have processes in place, right? Um, if you haven't had that time to put those processes in place, you need to make sure that you've got them in. You need to be aware of, oh, what happens if, and I mean, in this particular case, what happens if I have an employee that test positive, right? Um, what What is the process so that you're not having to be the emergency, um, my hair's on fire all the time. Right. Like you need to sit down and say, okay, what is the worst possible scenario? And I, I call this the, um, you're going to be living down by the river in a box scenario, right? <laughs> I, it's a, uh, a joke that a friend and I used to uh, say that, you know, we'd always like go back and forth about like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And eventually the, the worst thing that we could always happen was living in the river by a box, right? Uh, or living by the river in a box. Um, so anyhow, um, and so that's like, what is the worst case scenario? Because we have to plan for those things. So that's, that's a number one. The next thing is to really look at your financials. And I want you to like look at them line by line. Um, you don't have to be a CPA. You don't have to be a financial guru to be able to go, what am I paying? How, why am I paying $500 a month for this when I could get it for 250? Um, and you should be doing this anyhow. I mean, we should always be looking at the expenses and saying, okay, this is what it is. The other thing is a big one is supply chain. Supply chain, uh, for those of you who didn't know, we had a little bit of a problem with, uh, with toilet paper in the spring, right? And I am uh, fully aware that I think we're going to have another supply chain issue. I don't think it's going to be toilet paper. Right now, by the way, it's canning jars. I know Who this because I've taken up canning and you cannot find canning jars anywhere, right? Um, so you can't even find them at the craft stores, which is crazy. So, um, but I really think that we are going to, as winter sets in, we're going to start to see some issues with our supply chains. As the weather turns poor, um, as we have another spread of COVID. Um, so what do you do? First and foremost, make sure that you have alternate suppliers. And I would see if you can't find somebody local, if you're getting, if you're a bakery and you're getting your stuff from the big guys, right? Cisco, whatever. Um, you best find somebody local who can supply your flour for you. So that if you have to, you can drive to them and get the 50 pound bag of flour until Cisco's um, truck, which is stuck in Denver because of snow, can get to us, right? So that's a big one. Look at that supply chain if you can. And by the way, I will say, do not hoard, but stock up on the things that are non-perishable if you can, if you have that, you know, um, those resources, please stock up on these things and make sure that you have them because I, I fully believe that our supply chains are going to be having some problems. They already have. We've already seen it. I have uh, restaurant clients that are having a hard time finding meat. And, you know, they're like literally on the phone with every single place in town every morning going, do you have this? And okay, I'll be there in a minute. And they drive craziness to go get, and they're going to a different place every time to get the meat that they need just to keep the demand in the restaurant satisfied. So supply chain's a big one, processes, those things. So, that's Well, and I know one of the things that my, um, my new 
profit first person, Bill Lipster, that I had on uh, last week, what he's having me go through as we go through my books and address some of these things is looking at all those line items, but things like your cell phone bill and insurance and re-looking at those things and getting them re-quoted. You haven't had, well, he was telling a story of uh, a client that he had and they were going through her line items and, and her, her mobile phone bill was like $900 a month. And he's like, wow, this is like really steep. You've got five phones up at $900 a month. And he's like, you know, when's the last time that you called AT&T or whoever it was and, and, you know, ha looked at this and she's like, oh, like five or six years ago. He's like, oh, no, no, no. You need to do that on a regular basis. These plans change the pricing changes. I mean, you can be paying way too much for some of these uh, uh, monthly expenses that all you, just a phone call. Hey, can we look at this? Oh, well, plan B looks like it would be a better better fit for me right now anyways. You can save a lot of money doing that for stuff that, that you need that you're paying for anyways. But now's a good time if you've got a little extra time here and there to relook at some of these monthly expenses and really kind of ask, get it requoted and see if you can save some money. Yeah. I literally went through with a, this was pre COVID went through with a client. We went through her books line by line by line. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? What is this? And we eliminated enough to save her an entire month's rent. Yeah. I mean, that's and, and huge. It took, it took an hour. I mean, that was part of the consulting that we do is I'm like, okay, this, this, and this, and it's just that ability. And I'm not saying that I, I've got the secrets to the universe and all the knowledge. I'm just giving you the opportunity when you come into my office virtually to actually focus on working on your business rather than in your business. I'm sure you've heard that, right? And well, I think so many of our small businesses are so busy working in their business that they forget about the on part. And that's one of the greatest things about seeking help from an SBDC is we give you that time away from the business to really focus in because everything that you do, if you focus on it, it's going to flourish. If you ignore it, it's not, it's going to languish, right? So, you know, it's like a plant. If you water it and give it sun, it's going, to, but if you ignore it in a dark corner, obviously it's going to die. So it's any, and that's any part of your business. If you're focused on it, it tends to do better because you're focused on it. You're paying attention to it. Well, and I'll throw in my, my, uh, two cents on the whole freelancing economy, uh, yeah. you know, for our, for our, particularly the service businesses, a lot of times retail restaurants, those types of things we, we can't help as much, but for yeah. our service businesses, keep in mind that, you know, if your business has slowed down in your local community amongst your local followers and, and group and friends, keep in mind, there is a whole, whole big world out there. The online freelance sites like your Upworks, your freelancer.com, your Fiverr, by getting on those platforms and by offering your services, you can be in touch with a much larger market. And, you know, even where you've got whole areas of the country or the whole country in general where certain certain segments and categories of, of business and service have slowed down, that may not be the case in other countries. And I'm seeing this with my own business that, you know, we do a lot of e-learning work. 
we're getting a lot of clients from Australia now, <clears throat> from Asia, from different countries in Europe. I mean, we're, we're still getting business here in the States, but I've seen an uptick in some of the foreign countries where things have gotten back to normal or normal-ish a little quicker, or their economies have bounced back in certain areas. So just, again, it, it, so much of this is just having an open mind, keeping your eyes open, but there are a lot of opportunities for service-oriented businesses of different degrees to be able, and even if you personally, maybe you're having, maybe you've been laid off and you haven't been called back to work yet, or maybe your hours were cut. You know, if you have a specialty, something you're knowledgeable in, some other type of experience, those freelancing platforms are a great, great way for you to make extra money and help supplement your income with your normal job and what you normally do. Again, there's a whole big wide world out there and you don't have to leave your house to make money. You can make money in your flannel pajamas if it need be, but you can make money from home. Um, you just have to put yourself out there and, you know, maybe try something new like a, like Upwork or like Fiverr that maybe you've not experienced before. Sure. Absolutely. And while you were talking, you actually uh, sparked one thing that uh, when you said, what can, what else can we do in those service businesses? And by the way, our service businesses are so hurting too. I mean, you know, those uh, pers specifically personal services, because it's hard to um, massages and nails and hair and all of those personal services are hard to go because of the trust factor. Like, what am I getting into? What right. am I exposing myself to? Um, so, and that goes back to something I said, communication. So, you know, getting in touch with your clients uh, your, that haven't been in for a while and say, hey, by the way, these are the things that I'm doing to rebuild that trust that right. we are putting this together. So um, I think that is um, so important. We need to communicate both internally and externally. So when I say externally, obviously that's our customers, our clients, but internally with our, our employees and making sure that we have that good direct lines of communication. So... Um, yeah. Well, and even just checking on everybody. Hey, right. are, are you doing okay today? I mean, you know, just caring and that little extra touch of, of putting yourself out there and talking to your employees and the people that you work with and making sure that, you know, they're in a good place and do they need some help or do they need just, just a little something extra? It doesn't, doesn't take that much time to just kind of help those that are around you. And it makes such a huge difference and really kind of puts everybody in such a good space to, to do the work that needs to be done. So we're all, we're all there together. We just, we need to stick together and support each other. So on that note, I, I think that that's a great place to close. Kim, I really greatly appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for joining me. And uh, it's always everyone, a pleasure to be able to talk to you. So well, I, I, I think we definitely need to work on our uh, drinks and dessert podcast ideas. We, we might, we were talking about that before we got started. Um, I'm thinking that's a great idea. So uh, we might have to have some episodes of that as well. I think that can be a lot of fun in today's so fun. environment. Thank you everyone for watching and we'll see you next week on the Freelance Economy Podcast. Bye. Bye. Thank you. When you're ready to kickstart your freelance career and grow your small business, visit jointhefreelanceeconomy.com for more information and online training to help you be more successful.
Thanks for spending time with us on the Freelance Economy Podcast. 